0: She's the mixture of soft, kind, loving, but also fierce and strong. And she, even though she lived in a paradigm where men were in charge, she, she knew she could be in charge. In her sensuality, she would show everything, all of that. And it would freak men out.
1: Welcome to the Ruby Ray podcast. At some point in our lives, we've all closed our hearts and turned away from love because we didn't feel worthy of receiving it. Now we're remembering how deserving we are to receive and embrace a daily reality of divine love. These conversations are for those with the fire beaming within who are learning how to trust in and receive the flow of love in our life once again. The Ruby Ray is the way of the heart, honoring the deep feminine mysteries, ancient ways, and stories as we open our hearts to heal, radiate, and liberate the rising feminine in us all. I am your host, Jacqueline Norton. Welcome back to the Ruby Ray podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Norton. Today, I'm speaking with Valeria Tanini, and she's the founder of Vow Secrets. And we are talking about Mary Magdalene's best kept secret. It's wild to be having these conversations now because I know for a lot of us, they might seem not that far out of range or wild in our existence in our conversations, in our life. But recording this episode did make me realize how we are still on the precipice of a time where bringing this information forward of these deeply protected and guarded and um, hidden mysteries, feminine mysteries, mystery teachings are still making their way into the wider world and into the collective consciousness. And it was wild because while recording this interview, when talking about some of these lesser known, lesser revealed, more secretive parts of the Holy Family, which we get into later, the conversation cut off. So it was really funny and Not a coincidence at all. It just goes to show the potence of this information making its way into the world and that it's no light thing. So Val is the founder of Val Secrets and she's an international healer and activator and speaker after a Kundalini awakening years ago, a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. She started doing these international healings all over the world, and now she is bringing forward a book on Mary Magdalene and the Divine Mother energy, and I feel that she is such a pure channel and embodiment of this energy. And so I wanted to have her on the show to have this conversation with us. I know there's a lot about Mary Magdalene out there in the world right now. And it's That curiosity is really brewing and it's a beautiful thing to see it come into into the fold and the remembrance happening within us. And Val is a woman who really brings these teachings and channelings and really just the, the energy forward in a really beautiful way. And really true way. So today we talk about the Holy Family and the mysteries of the Rose Cloak, Mary Magdalene's greatest secret and what that was, and so much more. So we really dive into more of the deeper and more hidden stories of this time and just bring into the light the the pureness and the truth and the resonance of the holy family in their journey and their story and it's such a exciting time to be alive where these stories are coming back into consciousness again and where we can really be in a space where it's safe for this information to be out in the world, and and to know the true stories of what happened, and to really set history straight, or mystery straight, or her story straight, however we want to say it, we're filling in so many different gaps. So it's it feels really good to just be in this field of, of truth and of resonance and of love and of the mother energy, the divine mother energy, and to really just – see Mary Magdalene for who she was, honor her for who she was in her story and her whole family, and to really just sink into the stories and the remembrance and the deeper meanings and and truth within it all. And so, you know, this is a time of year where the Holy Family is very on our minds and hearts and not just their story, but everything that it represents within us and the deeper meanings, the deeper truth the higher love that it connects us all to. And these stories and these mysteries and these remembrances are all just gateways into that space within us all. And I hope you feel that in the conversation today and to feel just that heart resonance, being in the truth field. It just feels so good. And it's such a beautiful place to simmer. So thank you for being here. And here is Val.
0: You know, I've been writing my book for almost four years now, maybe longer. God will not let me publish it yet because it's it's a timing thing.
1: So when you're writing your book, are you channeling the whole thing? or Are you pulling information from different sources and research? So
0: yes, that's a very good question. So I channel it first and then I go back and I research it because i don't want to put anything out there that might be so unbelievable or i have to check it first because it's just me like this the personality in me that needs to confirm it i've been that way with everything including my own kundalini awakening i had to research what kundalini was and all that because i could not really believe what actually happened to me so the same thing with this book i research everything and it's amazing what i find I'm like the most obscure writings and books and And I'm like, wow, who Who knew that this information is even out there? But it's there because most people, what they do is they write the book and it doesn't go mass because it's so unbelievable. People can't digest it. They're just not ready for it. But these books were written hundreds of years ago. Some of them were written, you know, maybe 70 years ago, something like this, you know, and people from all over the world and it's through their travels. So they find this information through their travels or they're just they're just on a hunt for the Holy Family and they do everything and their power to look for information about the Holy Family. And then they write like a not a book, but maybe just like a some sort of information about it. And what they do is they didn't put it out there on the internet, but some people found it, copied it, took pictures of it, and then posted on the internet. And then I've also, you know, in my travels, going to France and Italy and other parts of the world where this information could be Egypt, Israel. There's books there. They're not translated in English. And so then I would find these like little treasures. And it's amazing what they say about the situation or certain situation. And it's like the myth within the the town or the myth it's the myth within the, the family. Right. So it's very interesting. And my background is Italian. My family's my parents are both from Italy. My father is my last name is Tinini, but originally my last name is Dementici. and there's a long story behind it, but my grandfather's father changed his last name to Tinini because he was in hiding. And to make a long story short, I receive downloads and I guess, channels from my ancestors. And the de' Medicis, they were very much connected to Mary Magdalene and the Holy Family. And that is because the founding father, let's just say his name is Cosimo. He was Cosimo de' Medici. He was the person that found these ancient tablets in a church. They were looking for, I guess, treasure <laughs> but they found treasure in this church. And one of the things that was in this church was these ancient tablets. And the tablets revealed a lot of information about Mary Magdalene, the Holy Family. So the Medici's knew about this and they, they were constantly being attacked by the church, by the Catholic church. And as a matter of fact, their father was killed by them. He was poisoned That was like very, it's like a mafia style. Like you try to reveal more information about Mary Magdalene and the Holy Family, we're going to kill your entire family, right? So that was the first threat by killing the father. So Lorenzo and his brother, and then they tried to protect what was left but they put it out there through the arts, mm-hmm. right? So that's why Mary Magdalene was depicted in, um, I don't know if you know the, the statue of Mary Magdalene. It's in the Uffizi in uh, Firenze in Florence. And she's like tattered. She's a very famous statue. It's one of the first statues that Cosimo was a patron to Raphael. And it was a statue of Mary Magdalene, all tattered. She was like wearing rags. And that was his version of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, the artist, and then it went on and on and on. And there's so much information about Mary Magdalene, the Holy Family, and mostly, it's mostly Mary Magdalene and throughout all the paintings and the artworks. And so that family gives me a lot of information And they also tell me to how to protect the information, but it's now time to reveal the information. It's just now I don't know when I'm just waiting for that time and where I feel, okay, yes, it's the time to now let everybody know about this book. So I had an editor. She was a very famous editor and she was helping me with the book. And she was the only one that read the entire book. And She died of cancer. Oh, Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. So nobody's ever read the book except for me. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the right time. That's it.
1: Wow. And that makes sense how you know that the church had all of this information because it was literally within your own lineage that was discovering this. And so in a way, you're just picking up where they left off. Yes, and Mary
0: Magdalene didn't come to me so strongly until um, until it was after I started doing energy work. So I had a Kundalini awakening in 2010. And I started working with people because I heard a voice God told me, it's time for you to heal others now in 2012. And so it was very, you know, very little. It led all the way up to... Maybe up up until like 2016, 2017 is really when I started to do a lot of work. Before then, it was mostly like people I knew, local people. But then I went; it just kind of was word of mouth, and it went global. So when I was doing the work, Mary Magdalene, of course, I knew who she was, and I I read the Magdalene manuscript. Um, yes, the Magdalene manuscript, and and that really hit me hard, but I didn't connect the dots to it. I would read the book and I have would have Kundalini come up through my body. It wasn't like I need to discover more. It wasn't like that for me yet. But then I went to this event where it was to heal at the time the relationship between my daughter's father and myself. And instead of receiving that, my ancestors came. <laughs> It was the strangest thing. <laughs> and even the even the healer was like, what is going on here? But somehow they found an opening in that time and space and they came. And they were all around me and they told me exactly what was going to happen. And they said, you're going to, first of all, make the family name right again, because the, the Medici's, their name has been tattered by the church because of what they knew. And then they said, but most importantly, you're going to reveal the information of the Holy Family.
1: Mm.
0: And I was like, wow, what, what is what is that? I, I don't even know what they're talking about. The Holy Family, like the Mary, Joseph, and Yeshua. I don't even know what you mean by that. Didn't have no clue. And then all the pieces from the moment of my awakening on came together. And I was like, I see. And then every day from that moment on, it was a reveal.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't mention that in the book. I don't mention this backstory in the book because I don't, it's not, I don't know. It's not about me. It's about, I'm just the vessel to, to relay the information. But I think it's interesting to know why I was chosen to reveal this information.
1: Yeah, and it makes so much sense. And also, like, how you have the access to it is easier. That channel has already been opened, or there's a history there.
0: Yes, and there's trust, because... It's so strange because I didn't know my family was Demenji lineage until it was very, very strange. I found out maybe a few weeks before my Kundalini awakening. My father's uncle, who I'm very close with, I went to go visit him and he told me and he told me he gave me the whole story of the family. And I was like, Well, well, why don't we talk about this? And he says, because it's done with, it's the past. And really, we're not supposed to talk about it anymore. And our grandfather always said not to talk about it. So that was the stigma within the family. So anyway, I always felt a connection to Cosimo's um, family. And Lorenzo de Medici had a wife. Her name was Catherine. And I always felt a connection to her because she was very fierce. And I always felt like somehow she was a Magdalene. And I couldn't pinpoint it where I was she was like, oh, she reminds me of Joan of Arc. And I'm not sure if you know, but Joan of Arc, it was also a Magdalene. And I was like, this woman, she was so fierce. And, and she stood by her husband no matter what happened. And I always felt a very deep connection to her. And then it all made sense to me, right? Because oh my gosh she's she's like my great 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 grandmother. <laughs> no wonder why I feel such a strong connection to her. <laughs>
1: Wow, that is so wild. And is this the same family that, I don't know the whole story, but it's something like the royal lineage continued. There's like the spiritual bloodline, but then there's the blood bloodline of the family. And there's still a few people alive today that connect back to it. I don't know what the family name is. And I don't know if if it's yours, Mm -hmm. if that's what the same thing that we're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. So the the Zementici,
0: Oh, you're talking about the French family line. Not, yeah, that was that is um, that is the Merovingians, but uh, that is not the truth. No, it's uh, completely made up. Well, oh. it was made up by Dan Brown, the author. They were a royal family. They had a, a very wealth. They were a very wealthy family in France, royal family, and they were involved with protecting the holy family but they weren't related no oh okay yeah many royals were involved especially french ones many royal french people were involved with protecting the holy family because they would go see mary magdalene for her blessings mm-hmm. and in return she, she didn't ask for money or jewels because she didn't care about that she just asked for please just continue to protect my family
1: yeah wow so let's talk more about Mary Magdalene and who she was as a woman. What would you like to know? <laughs> I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I would like to know, obviously, her, so much of her story has been inverted, has been. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. So what is the biggest misconception mm. uh, about her? Well, so many know her as a prostitute she was not a prostitute but beyond that because i feel like a lot of us know now and a lot of people listening to the podcast know that she wasn't a prostitute and now it's like we're uncovering the deeper layers of who she really was as a woman but there's still misconceptions
0: yeah it's true well i'm glad that your audience audience would know that part. You know, actually, the church rectified that and they said that she wasn't, and then they made her. But the thing is that that story has stuck to her, unfortunately. But in a way, Mary Magdalene doesn't mind that story. And I'll tell you why because in her mind, you shouldn't look down upon a prostitute either. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A woman sometimes needs to do what she needs to do to survive or to protect her family or to or to give something to her family you don't know the backstory of that prostitute and sometimes a prostitute was abused as a child and doesn't know any different so we have to have some compassion for the prostitute as well so I know that Mary Magdalene she doesn't care you can call her whatever you want she doesn't you can call her monster for all she cares it doesn't matter to her she knows who she is, and she knows what she's putting out. So, but the church tried to tarnish that, and I think many people think that Mary Magdalene was meek, but she wasn't. She wasn't meek. She actually fought f- her family. She fought disciples, uh, especially, especially Peter. Uh, Simon. Simon was a pain in the butt. <laughs> he was fighting her till till the very end till the very end because he knew how powerful she was and he was afraid of her power he did not want to accept her a woman that was all-knowing and powerful the way she was and he was stuck in that paradigm and yeshua called him petra which means stone and you know peter peter is petra it means stone but he was his head was as hard as a stone (laughs) He did not want to accept many parts of Yeshua and he did not accept Mary Magdalene at all. And that was tough on her, but she, she was tough back. She never gave up. And even though she was, she was tough, but she was also very, she was, she would watch her words. Let's just put it that way because she knew she she was still living in a world in a paradigm where women could only say so much so she knew her role
1: and you say that mary magdalene's best kept secret is her sensuality yeah why do you yeah. think that is
0: hmm because she is she's the mixture of soft kind loving but also fierce and strong and she even though she lived in a paradigm where men were in charge, she she knew she could be in charge. In her sensuality, she would show everything, all of that. And it would freak men out. <laughs> they just like, whoa, she was a force to reckon with. Like, wow, what is that? She's like a very balanced woman and she's the woman that everybody wants to be. I remember when I was a young girl, I was very shy. And there was always this one girl that would will get all the attention from the boys. And I liked the one boy and, but she would get attention from all the boys, but I, I didn't get any attention because I was so shy. And I was thinking, how did she do that? She wasn't, she was pretty, but she wasn't like, like this beautiful, absolutely stunning girl, but she, she had something about her that that you know je ne sais quoi (laughs) that she exuded and um and that all the boys liked about her i would watch her and i would say hmm she has such a balanced feminine in her and as i got older after I graduated from high school, I wanted to bring that within myself. I wanted to not even bring it in. It, it, it was there because obviously I noticed it within her. In reflection, it's like I am i was honoring the Magdalene in her. Wow. <laughs> you know, whenever I see a woman or a girl act so balanced, I recognize it as she's a, she has to be a Magdalene. Mm.
1: <laughs> that is such a beautiful reflection
0: oh thank you yes and you know in my opinion a magdalene is not just a woman that has magic reiki or psychic or astral traveling i'm just putting it you know just saying things of that nature a magdalene's also a woman that is balanced in our feminine masculine she's she has, a, like she has it all. And that's the way Yeshua used to speak of Mary. He used to say she, she has it all. It's that balance. And we need to find that balance as women today. And I think that's what's going on right now also with all the, the gender confusion is that people are confusing this new surgence of energy, mm-hmm. masculine, feminine energy that are coming up and out. And people are leaning instead of trying to find the balance. You don't need to lean on a gender side. Just find that balance and you will be super powerful in that body that you're in. Because we all know we're not our body. We're, we're the soul. We're the spirit.
1: Wow, I really love that reflection. And I think it's really helpful for you to just there's so much like clarity and truth in what you just said. And I think it's really helpful to reflect on this, like, what does it really mean to be a Magdalene? And what is the true embodiment of that? Because we're living in a time where there is a lot of talk about the Magdalens and Mary Magdalene and this um, is returning so much within the spiritual feminine based spirituality. And it's so beautiful to me just to hear these words and like to recognize that that's what it really means and to recognize that within each other and especially within other women because that's where the real healing of the distortion lives. Yes. So, the mysteries of the rose cloak let's mm. talk about that, and what what is that about? Oh, so
0: the story behind this is um when I was going through this Magdalene exploration, I found this um woman who who is is very random and I'm I'm sure right now she's very she's very old. She's an elderly woman. She must be in her nineties at this point. But she's she's no longer available. But she is a forest. She's of course Magdalene herself. And she was one of the few that were speaking of the rose the sister of the rose and the rose cloak. And and so when I reached out to her, she was um Feeling that she wanted to give me a reading, she said, "I need to, I need to read you." And I said, "That's fine, you know, if that's if that if that's what you're called to do." And when she did, she immediately she said she spoke of the rose cloak, and I it was an activation for me because I always knew of the rose cloak. Maybe a year after my Kundalini awakening. I had posted on Pinterest that the um, these hooded cloaks that they would be the future of fashion. So in the next in the next maybe maybe next twenty years from now, these rose cloaks will return. But right now, uh, we don't know much about them and what they are. Is they're actually a magical they're a magical cloak. Of which Mary Magdalene activated. And you can see these in like some movies and some fairy tale books of magic cloak where a wizard would put it on and they would disappear or they would wear it around their necks, but then they would lift the hood and they would reactivate and or they would be able to do magical things. It's exactly the same thing. It, they've received that information from Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene, Received this cloak from the druids, and that's she started to wear the cloak when she went to France, and that's how they would protect her. This is how she she made it. You know, she didn't. She wasn't killed by her enemies, (laughs) by the Romans, by the Jews. She survived in many ways because of the rose cloak, and that rose cloak was passed down to others, and she was then able to activate cloaks for her tribe at the time, and that's, that's what it is. I know it, it sounds very far-fetched, but the Druids, they had many different powers of ancient, ancient powers that came from galactic information, and they had all kinds of ways of doing things and being able to survive the times back then as well. And uh, Mary Magdalene, she had uh, access to that community, and because Yeshua actually was connected to them as
1: well. So, so yeah. Wow. That doesn't sound far fetched to me at (laughs) all. I was just in Ireland and connecting with my lineage there and um, I actually had like a hooded cloak with me um, not knowing anything about this but just you know was traveling with it and it really was like my security blanket going and and I would you know the rain would start coming down and put the hood up and it really is like this cocooning feeling and and Mm. it can be used in so many ways like for invisibility or whatever. And I really felt it walking the land, and and just how protected I felt, like you know, in the rain or whatever. It'd be good, and so mm-hmm. from the elements, sure, from the winds, yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't sound crazy to me at all. I'm like, oh yeah, I I know that feeling, and it would totally make sense that the druids gave it to her because they, I mean. <laughs> If you live like within that landscape of of Ireland, the weather is wild. Mother Nature is wild out there. You know, you have to know how to protect yourself from the elements. Definitely, and they and the
0: Druids at the time they were being attacked by the Romans because at the time when Mary Magdalene was there, it was Gaul, and Gaul was a Druid land. It was basically Ireland, <laughs> and the romans wanted that territory they wanted it and they were coming after them so they would practice this with the cloak and activate the cloak they were able to do thing many amazing magical things of which today you can see in the movies all of the the films with drawing a blank um, the famous movie with the the, ma- the boy with the that goes to the school with the stick and
1: like,
0: Harry Potter. Yes, Harry Potter. Ah. Harry, I draw blanks on like these kind of mainstream things because it's my mind doesn't care for it. but but yes, Harry Potter is all Druid. It's all Druid information, and it's all Druid lineage myths and and history brought down to that book. And then if you go into other, it's like even with disney they all of their information all their stories are are coming from the druids as well with all the magic that they that they involved it's all from that area it's all from that region from Gaul. and so yeah so th- that that mm-hmm. that's another story in itself but
1: yeah this part of the book oh that's amazing that you're you have stuff on that i mean there's so there's high magic in that area and it, it's so really palpable yeah yes it is are there any other mysteries? I know it's all a mystery in a sense, but is there something <laughs> yeah. that's really um, present for you right now that is a lesser known aspect or a hidden or secret aspect of Mary Magdalene that you feel called to share and speak to?
0: Well, it's funny you say mysteries. Uh, recently, about three years ago, I discovered that mystery is actually miss story, right? So it's her story. It's Her story is always going to be a mystery at this point until we actually cancel out the word mystery because mystery is Mary Magdalene. She is the mystery. And then who else is left is Sarah. So these two ladies have been a mystery in our lifetime and now it's time to reveal them. And I think that... You know, we had our, our previous conversation and God source kind of shut us down because I was talking so much about Sarah. <laughs> and uh, I think her time is coming. Maybe it's not right now, but her time is coming where her mysteries will be revealed. And then also, I think for Mary Magdalene, most of her mysteries are being revealed, and you'll, start, you'll find them in bits and pieces in different books, and even sometimes in films. The most recent film, which is called Mary Magdalene, and she's baptizing people. And finally, a film that reveals that, that she did indeed baptize people. So slowly, we're getting little bits and pieces of who she really was and what she, what she did, for Yeshua, for the Christian community. She has a, a big story to tell. And it's not, it's not harsh. She's not... So many people think of her as a feminist. But Mary Magdalene was not a feminist. She was just fierce. Fierce in everything that she did. Loving her family. Supporting her husband. Fierce in her faith. Fierce in her... In what she stood by and what she stood for. And she knew at some point it all clicked for her the person, the role, the being that she was. She didn't really know who she was until after a certain point, and then it kind of just clicked for her. She's like, Oh, that's who I am <laughs> and you know, and, and she had she had gone through a journey herself being in this
1: in that body as Mary Magdalene. Hmm interesting because i thought she was born with like a lot of her memories and born with without the veil of forgetfulness she was
0: born with it but then she forgot Mm. because what happened was she was living in the world and in when you're living in the world of course she couldn't walk away from who she was deep down inside she was who she was but her family was not able to recognize who she was so she was confused by that she didn't understand her role but others others saw that in her and that's and I will reveal that in the book there was one person that actually saw knew who she was and
1: um <laughs> yeah was it her mom no okay we don't have to <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, her mother, her mother was a powerful um, woman as well, but not the same way Mary Magdalene was. She was powerful in society and powerful, knowing like wisdom wise. She had she had a lot of wisdom, and she was part of different feminine cults. But she did not know who her daughter was, but she knew there was something different about her, <laughs> just the same way that. Mary Magdalene's siblings knew that there was something different about her.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and her siblings were also powerful in their own right. Everybody has their transformative story. She also transformed
1: in the same way Yeshua did. He transformed as well. Do you think that their meeting each other was a big catalyst for their transformation? Yes. They couldn't do without each other
0: they would not be able to accomplish what they had accomplished without each other they were they were truly twin flames hmm. they were they are one two in one
1: wow is there anything else that you would like to share on this
0: i want to share so much i i i'm holding back oh my god <laughs> But I want to share so much and the book is, I'm going to really start praying on the book and, and asking Source God to, to reveal the timing of this book being published. I, I just can't wait for this information to come out because there's so much to say and so much to, to share. And I and I look forward to, to talking about it with you and with anyone who wants to talk to me about it.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll be here. We'll want to talk about it and yeah. hope pray on the book too.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. From God's source, I kept getting um, the title of the book, how to be called the book of Mary. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, if you want to set the intention on the book of Mary, yeah, you can do that.
1: (laughs) Yes, we will do that. And we'll, we'll put our collective intention out there because we can feel it in our hearts that we're ready for it. We know that, you know, we know it's not, difficult thing to to connect with that yearning and that readiness and that desire to have the mystery the story of the mystery revealed and we will be so grateful and excited to have another conversation with you around that time that can really go deeper and for you to feel like you can openly share so much of what's been a personal journey for you
0: yeah I know yes yes i mean it's just funny how we were cut off on the other
1: conversation i know i know Oops! can't go further than that <laughs> Yeah, we'll let that exist in the mist for now and just like honor where we're at and trust that it will all be a seamless flow when the time is right and to just kind of be grateful for what we know now and for what is being revealed and that we're living in a time where history is being set straight. Yes. And just how amazing it is that we get to exist through this.
0: Oh, yeah. I know, it, it, think about it, how, how many lifetimes
1: we've lived to, <sighs> to wait for this yeah. time. Yeah, it's <sighs> wild. It's kind of hard to, you know, we kind of have gotten, I don't know if it's desensitized. We've just been living through this time for a couple years now, especially in the last two years. And I, I really do feel like that turning point upon us in the sense of we are ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are ready. We definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just last question, are there any books or resources that you can point people to? Oh, there's so many. Oh my goodness. There
0: all right, I'll, I'll share one one that I'm reading right now, and I don't really like to read. And I'm sure some of your audience members have already read this, but I, I don't like to read any books on Mary Magdalene because I don't want it to affect my channeling. But this one particular book is calling me right now, and it's called The Church of Mary Magdalene, The Sacred Feminine and the Treasures of Le Chateau. And it's a translated version, French to English, from Jean Marcal. It's an amazing story. He's a researcher. So so it's not channels. It's all the information on um, the story of uh, Renle Chateau. So, yeah, and, you know, as you know, the Renle Chateau is in France. And it's um, where Mary Magdalene spent a lot of time in that region, in that area. And Mary Magdalene visited this priest. And he turned this church he made this area this place for mary magdalene and the holy family and he there protected the lineage somehow i haven't gone that far in the book because it's a very hard story for me to read because i go into like these different states of consciousness after i read like a few chapters (laughs) so it's a it's a slow read for me so i haven't got that deep but i think it's very good i think it's a very good book
1: Cool, amazing. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. Sure. It was so nice talking to you today and just oh, super grateful for your devotion to bring this information forward and to keep yourself a pure channel and to just be playing this role in the in the weave of the whole tapestry.
0: Uh I'm grateful for that as well. I I I try to stay humble in this this process uh, I don't I haven't chosen it so it's just I'm just allowing for God's source to use me as as the vessel that needs to put out what needs to put out so but thank you so much Jacqueline for your for your um interest in my story and also in um in the interest of the story of Mary Magdalene Sarah and the Holy Family
1: Mm, endless infinite interest yeah thank you and let people know where they can find you and connect with you
0: sure it's um valsecrets.com is the website and then you can also connect with me on instagram and there's a uh, the Magdalene tribe there and then also on telegram it's also the Magdalene tribe
1: beautiful all right well thank you so much it was a pleasure having you on
0: thank you Jacqueline all right guys we'll connect soon i'm giving you a big hug
1: ah uh, same sending so it right back to you looking forward to
0: uh, hearing from you soon